FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 352 of the podcast that goes nicked. Son nicked. <laughs> I thought you were going to say son of a bitch, 352. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I am your host, Jason, and you may recognize that snicked. That is straight from the land of Excalibroasia, um, Georgie, and of course we also have Dan and new surprise guest Ian. Hey guys. Hey. Hello. Hello. <laughs> All right. So Do we sound the same to be fair from from Excalibur Asia. Yes. Excalibrations, is that what we are? Yes, yeah. And you all, and you all look the same. Intense heavy metal <laughs> Yeah, it does. <laughs> Excalibur uh, uh, uh. yourself. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, we're going to catch up on some Hickman, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the oversized and possibly definitely overpriced Marvel Comics 1000. So yeah, how's everybody doing? Not bad, not bad. Good. Glad to have you back on the show, Jason. We were, we were I mean, half half glad, half sad. We were looking forward to taking over, but it's a lot of responsibility, <laughs> so I'm kind of glad to just give it back to you. Well, I'm I'm glad to be back. Um, but but thank again. I know I, I did a little preview, but thank you guys again for doing that and for doing such a great episode. I appreciate it. No problem. I did. Uh, I've done bring your boyfriend to work day today. So nice. Yeah. Though you know, Dan's lucky I'm thick skinned. All the shade he threw at me when I was gone. <laughs> <laughs> I have to be here to mitigate him so just bring... <laughs> I don't even remember yeah. throwing any shade but obviously I no, not, not really you said you did <laughs> but... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget Dan we almost made this the podcast that goes bamf so we were, we were this close Which to taking over is a better podcast in hey, my mind you know if I were to start over <laughs> I, actually no if I was if I was uh, podcasting League of His Own Extraordinary Gentleman John Wilson, I would do an additional Nightcrawler and Gambit podcast. That was going to be my three. But oh, wow. uh, anyway, I have no time for that because I have three boys instead. So I can't have yeah. three podcasts. <laughs> but anyway, I uh, do want to just let the listeners know I will hopefully jump on the mute button, but I am recovering from bronchitis, so if, if coughs make it into the episode, I apologize, because so, at least some probably will. <laughs> so, but anyway, enough of that. Um, I know Ian had been gracious enough to give us some thoughts on the first issues of Pox and Hawks, and I was very glad to hear his voice while I was gone. And I was kind of worried, well, maybe he only wants to come when I'm not there, but he's back, so... So I know he still likes me, so it's all right. So, um, Ian. <laughs> so, Ian, I uh, just kind of wanted to get maybe some general thoughts. I know you're kind of diving in with both feet into some new X-Men books. So what do you think of the, the second issues of, of Hawks and Pox before we jump into number threes? 
Well, first of all, I'll have to thank uh, everyone for forcing me to read them. Uh, because after the first issues, if you recall, I wasn't a big fan of Pox. I didn't really want to continue it. But I forced him to continue it. Yeah, I didn't get much choice. There was, there was no no. <laughs> much like this podcast, it's not up to me. <laughs> <laughs> and for listeners, uh, Ian is tied to a chair. Um, so. <laughs> Dan, Dan's got his eyes like latched open. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, this is a projector we reached. <laughs> you can't hear the blowtorch for um right. <laughs> it's there ready in case I don't talk. <laughs> right, right. And every now and then he stabs you with a popsicle just to make you think. It's a <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. So anyway, so initially did not like uh Pox. Have you come around on number two? I have actually. Um let me find my little notes because I need notes. He has an adorable notebook, like a tiny notebook, the size of his hand. <laughs> so, so post it notes with binding. You'll be waiting. Uh, <laughs> I really should work on my handwriting, even I can't read my own handwriting. I, can't read <laughs> I cannot read your handwriting either. Uh, <laughs> like Hickman, Hickman's mutant language. <laughs> right, there you go. Crack, crack a uh, Cohen. Starting off on it, um, I can't remember the cover to save my life right now, so I can't really say anything it's, about that. Uh, Powers of X cover two was like everyone's headshot, like what, uh, Emma Frost and I should bring yes. it up. I'll help oh, you. Oh yeah, yeah. It, up. it was a lion. Yeah, it was lion, saber tooth, and jazz hands Magneto. That's what I remember. Which one? Yeah, was it was all about? the bad guys. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. Oh, that one. Yeah, it... yeah, it's a cover. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It didn't really appeal to me, but so, I could have said it looks bad. Sounds cause... like my sense of uh... <laughs> <laughs> I always like the um da, 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 da. in the beginning where you see Magneto in his lovely purple suit. I do like how they use the shadows. And for just generally throughout both Hawks and Pox actually, I like how they do the shadows. Yeah, it's nice. So, yeah, I like that it's nice because it's the first time I've ever actually seen um Cyclops Cyclops, not Cyclops. Uh the Professor and Magneto actually work together properly. Or start to at least. So that should be quite fun for me, and I'm looking forward to seeing how all that goes. Uh, cool. Cyclops is a badass as usual. <laughs> yes, everyone agreed that Cyclops is a badass. He was back. It was nice. It was nice to mm. see. And generally, we did, I'm more excited and um, invested in it this time than I was on the first one. Uh, cool. Apocalypse is, well, Apocalypse. Yeah, Johnny Bond in the first issue. Ghost Rider, not Ghost Rider, is fun. Oh, right, yeah. Um, Zorn. Zorn. Yeah. The Ghost Rider, the people who don't. <laughs> Blue Ghost Rider, there you go. Yes, Blue Ghost Rider. Yeah, oh, yes, and it's Palette. When, it's, it's when he's sad. <laughs> <laughs> Ghost Rider on his blue days. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then the weird swirly figure of death which is phallus came but i have no idea what that is until it gave me a full understanding <laughs> which i was quite thankful for hickman's infomercials are um useful yes <laughs> they're useful to me reader if it wasn't for that i'd be like who the, who the heck is this guy why is he a swirly <laughs> mesh of black and why are they asking him to thank very uh, cool that was hox mm. which then leads us to hox 
I feel so weird saying those words. <laughs> <laughs> they sound fake, right? I know, right? Uh, but I love the cover to House of X. Just yeah, and the fact beautiful. that the center is all of the woman, which the issue is all about, but I can't remember her name right Moira. now. Moira. I should remember that because I play Overwatch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I just, I really quite enjoyed it, to be honest. Uh, and considering I have no idea who she was, the issue was much needed for me. It's saying and, it was a good introduction, but then also, like, because there were so many changes to her, it's like you, it really didn't hurt you to get get her new. So, I. I if it wasn't that. for the secret, that would have been going glad to be like, who is this woman? And why is this <laughs> right. <laughs> da, da, da. Let's go for this. Yeah, I like it actually gives me t- context to the woman because I had no idea who she was. So now I actually know her, know her power, and know why it's, or at least have a better reason to know why people are excited when she first appeared in the first issue. I have a question. Mm. <laughs> Because it was really important for us veteran X-Men fans, and it was like a big revelation. To you, this would be not a revelation, and it's just her power. So, like, is it was it good as, like, a first read? Like, is it a done-in... Like, Jason said it, he felt like it was a done-in-one story, or you could just read this and be fine. Dandy, what kind of... How did you feel about all of that? Uh, well, I enjoyed it. I feel much like Jason said, it could easily be a one-and-done thing for anyone that doesn't know the character. And... I'd say if you wanted a better payoff for the air issue, maybe they should have had the explanation of her beforehand. Well, before Hox 2. Before Hox 2. So you had that a bit more of uh, insight to who the person was when she met Xavier. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah I see that. Yeah. The most important panel of X-Men history yeah. I've just stopped on. I'll admit that <laughs> I took me a while to realise exactly how reincarnation was working. Because at first, I thought she was just uh, dying, coming back as a different person. And then when it oh. got found off it, I actually realised, oh, wait, she's living the same life. You know, because yeah, I had one of those moments where I was like, how does it work? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do love the fact that she recanated though constantly and how she's used that over the years and how it's led to what happens at the end. Um, but overall, you're in- enjoying it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Hox is not disappointing so far with how I'm going through it. It's Each issue is giving me more investment in... Uh, get me more invested, I mean, oh. for the next issue and so on and so forth. Um, Very cool. I did enjoy the whole timeline thing at the end of the comic, explaining where she was, what she was doing each timeline. And it yes. proves that I'm in the minority. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say. Even, so, even threatening with a blowtorch, you won't agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not going to drop it now, Dan. <laughs> I loved how they used a lot of the panels as well. Like, um, for example, when she was assassinating all of the... Random t- uh, people that can make the sentinel. Yes, when she was assassinating all of them, the way it was broken down and explained, I actually quite liked how it was all laid out. Yeah. So it's quite I thought it really enriched the story like, by kind of saying, mm. oh, these panels went to this part of the timeline. These panels, yeah. It, that really works for me. Um, that pretty much covers it up. It was a lot of context. It was good as a done in one. And I enjoyed it either way. Cool. Awesome. Very good. All right. So that's going to take us into these number threes, which I was just thinking by the time we get done with this episode, we'll be halfway through yep. Hickman's oh, wow, initial yes. kind of launch. So we're kind of at the halfway point. So, uh, Georgie, I believe you're on tap for Powers of Ten, number three. Yep, let's uh, let's pour me out and see what I have to say here. Um, <laughs> I'm on tap. We've got uh, 
Powers of X, uh, Powers of Ten, rather, uh, number three, with uh, writer Jonathan Hickman, artist R.B. Silva, color artist Marte Gracia, letterer VCs Clayton Cowles, design Tom Muller, and, of course, the cover by R.B. Silva and Marte Gracia. Um, and on our, our cover, we've got, uh, be- between some, some legs akimbo here, we've, we've got our, uh, our two sort of new uh, genetically modified mutants with swords, interesting uh, uh, combination there sort of facing off against some robots um, I, I don't how do you guys feel about this one I'm I'm kind of a little disappointed in, in the lack of, of detail outside of the the two main characters in the center um, I, I like the the impression it's giving of, of like them versus the world of Sentinels but it feels like a little bit less than what we've seen before a little bit I still liked it um did it remind anybody else of Uncanny X-Men 273, I think, which is the episode? I'd have to Google that. It's the <laughs> issue where uh, Lila Cheney comes back and says, we got to go to space and get Professor X. And it's shot like through Jim Lee female legs, and then Ooh. all the X-Men are on the other side. Right. It kind of reminded me of that, like the, <laughs> kind of the uh, almost not quite up the skirt of the Sentinel uh, view here. <laughs> I'll just nod and pretend I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, I like the color work a lot. Um, yeah, I, do I also kind of like this sort of. This is, I know it's like a final stand, but it kind of almost with the white at the bottom, it kind of echoes what happens near the end of the book. Right. In the sense, like an like this, not just the stand to the Sentinels, but like the the end of spoilers. I can't say anymore. But you know what I mean? <laughs> Feels like the end of something. Right. Well, to me, I think these these covers, not that they've been bad, but have been sort of hit and miss in terms of comparison to what's been inside the books. Sometimes they feel like they elevate, and sometimes they feel like they're not quite, you know, enough. And I feel like for me, uh, this cover, while you know appropriate, doesn't quite live up to what we see inside. I what think. About new, what about new reader? Uh, I quite enjoy it, and to be honest, because I've only seen these characters in these few issues. Same. <laughs> I forget that I'm not the only one in the situation this time. I feel free. <laughs> uh, I quite the opposite to um, I can't remember who said about about it being blander outside. I feel like it helps draw the uh, focus to the characters, much like how it goes in the issue of the books. I feel like it fits quite well, and it works for me quite well personally. It is a crotch gateway, <laughs> right? Yeah, and the angle of the sword doesn't help that, but... (laughs) 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 All right. All right. So we jump in, and we've got a nice little comment. uh, Not comment. uh, Quote of Apocalypse says, I am immortal, and I have no end. And I really appreciate, like, the character work that these little quotes are doing for um, uh, these, like, major characters we're seeing appearing in in, in these books. Uh, it's, It's kind of a nice little cherry on top of the Sunday we have. Um, but we jump into the book, and we've got some crazy, like, half-human, half-priest expounding upon, like, his religion, how how amazing it is to, to like, serve robots. Um, and he uses some sort of, like, nanotech ball robot to turn a baby's face half... Uh, it looks like a Pokemon ball. Yeah, it looks like a Pokemon Crossed ball. Crossed with the Death Star. And it felt like very like cable esque to me in the way that yes. this is all going down. Um, 
so he's, he says, and it's it's very like, as Dan would point out, this is all about evolution again. So it's about how close they are to being near the robots, but but not or the machines, but so far away and how it's better to serve in heaven than, than, than rule in hell. Uh, and then our, uh, our team of crazy mutants show up and uh, we've got uh, our Magneto-esque character. We've got Zorn, we've got Rasputin, and we've got Cardinal. And it's, it's time for sort of a final standoff. We move into some uh, wonderful design work, uh, which we can talk about later. But then we get um, our mechanical masters having a nice little, like, <laughs> sarcastic discussion. And I, love, I just love how much personality that they give, uh, give the, the machines here. And so they decide to split up. Uh, the female machine goes to fight the, the mutants, and we find out that Cardinal is taking an apocalypse seed so that can, he can get over his, like, fear of violence and just be a, a, a total jerk. Um, on the <laughs> other end, we've got Apocalypse and Wolverine, and I love how Silva draws sort of, like, short, stocky Wolverine. Yes, um, they, they infiltrate a place, and they find out... Uh, then they're found out... Um, and so we realize that the, the people, the mutants on the outside, are doing a diversion so that uh, Wolverine Apocalypse can steal some information. Uh, unfortunately, Nimrod shows up. Uh, and then on the outside, things aren't going so well for our mutant heroes either. Cardinal's dead. Zorn's just about to die. and He's a nihilist, so they're just like, you know, screw it. I'm going to open up my brain and absorb everything into a singularity, which is kind of fun to see. Um they find the information looking for on the inside. They give it to uh, Wolverine, who escapes an apocalypse, basically sacrifices himself to complete the mission. And I, I really do love these um, uh, fighting uh, pages at the end here. And, and I wonder, you know, in, in my head, I haven't read a lot of Nimrod, but I don't remember him being quite so strong. Now, obviously, this is 100 years in the future, so he's evolved. But it, was, it felt like maybe this came a little bit out of nowhere where apocalypse couldn't, couldn't handle him. Um, but, uh, of course, uh, when uh, Wolverine goes through the portal, we have Moira, who's been sleeping in the casket, the, the tomb there. Uh, Wolverine feeds the giant cylinder into her chest, um, and then she has all the information she needs. Wolverine kills her, and she goes back to, uh, I don't know, the next, next, her next life. And we, we end it with a nice tag of uh, Apocalypse saying, And should forever end, let me die in battle. Surrounded by my fallen enemies and with blood on my sword, and uh, that's that's end of the issue. I really felt like, um, you know, for a pox issue, this felt very straightforward because we're all in just a one timeline. It was one weird. timeline. <laughs> we have very little design work going on. We have a nice bit of, of like character interaction between the two uh, machines here. Uh, some fun dialogue, some great action. I just felt like. Uh, you know, this was really nice. It just felt really quick for me, like reading through this again. It was over in, in a in a second, which is my maybe my biggest disappointment. I felt like the other issues I could ruminate on what was going on, but this felt very like A to B storytelling. Um, but uh, not not that I didn't enjoy it. It just felt out of character for a POX issue. Uh, what did you guys think? I think it was like um, had a lot of nice payoffs from some of the mysteries that we've been mm-hmm. given. Like, um, I was, it was totally not, like, I was totally wrong. It wasn't uh, Tom Cassidy at all. It was Coco uh, and, and Doug fused together. Um, but yeah, I think it was just nice. Um, it was like, oh, we'll pay off um, Moira as the big twist at the end. So mm. that everyone who, uh, the, the whole, like, 
idea, idea that this this future is the future that it, House of X is leading to is now been thrown out the window. Right. And, uh, right. That was a surprise to me. And and all of the stuff about Sinister taking over could be a red herring because it could be all the information she's brought back from the past from this from this um from this timeline. Right. So it could be warning like all the things we've read is just all the warnings, all the stuff she's written down so that everyone can be like, yeah, yeah, we probably shouldn't um, let Sinister play on Mars with loads of genetic code. <laughs> really bad idea. And um, I really enjoyed that it was just a, a suicide, a done-in-one suicide mission, which kind of echoes what's happening in present day. Right. As it, it, it mirrors with House of X really nicely in that, that aspect. And I think it's the best drawn Pox has been. Which is saying something because they're all really lovely. So, um, but I really enjoy some of the like. Um, I think other people do as well. Um, the the panel of Moira's um, death, uh, the snicked Jason right. loves a good. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And the way, I, I, the way I, they win it and then faded into black was awesome. Mm-hmm. And I do love the singularity moment because it was quite lovely to see. I thought it was quite beautifully. <laughs> Sorry, I thought it was quite beautifully drawn. To be honest. So artistically, it's on. It's on a good, good thing. It, the, the weird thing, like you said, Georgie, um, I feel like there's not much to say about it other than it does its job well. Yeah, I think there's a lot of like innuendo or like hinting at stuff that other POX issues have done. But this is just like the mutants go in, they do some fighting, there's some fun happening, and then it's over. So it's, there's not a whole lot of like depth to dive into, uh, unless unless Jason is seeing something that I'm not seeing. <laughs> not necessarily no um you know i like obviously like you talked about kind of the subtext of the beginning of the society wanting to ascend um i also enjoyed that the magneto guy was not really a magneto at all but i mean, or maybe like a grandchild because he's more lorna dane and emma frost put together which i thought was interesting right. um and also kind of helped explain the green uniform, right? Oh, yeah, Polaris, okay. And why I didn't get that immediately upon seeing it, I'm not sure. But, uh, <laughs> but I thought that was fun. I, you know, I think to me it was more about the kind of the payoff of the plot, kind of having it make sense, and also the surprise. Because to me, when they start getting ready to pull off Zorn's mask, I was like, well, wait, we're not done with this time yet. And they're like, if he pulls that mask off, like, this is done. Like right. everyone, everyone dies. Like, what's going on here? And then when Wolverine goes back to the sarcophagus, basically the big Egyptian sarcophagus that was kind of keeping Mora in stasis, and then speeds with the information. Even then, I wasn't entirely sure what was going to happen on that next page. I mean, it's Wolverine, and they kept saying, "You go do what you do." So I was like, okay, well, the claws are going to come out for something, right? <laughs> because that's whenever someone talks about what Wolverine doing, what Wolverine does, it's going to involve the claws. But um, up, up until the last page, I was like, okay, well, he's going to give her the information, and then he's going to have to like fight like the last wave of robots off and help her escape somewhere else out of the reach of the black hole, and and that's how we kind of save this future. And to realize, that, oh wait, no, there's no intention at all to save right. this future or timeline. It's about getting Moira to Moira X or Moira 10 so that she can take kind of these last level lessons because she knows that she's, in theory, running out of lives. I mean, I guess, you know, 
she's taking Destiny's word for it, right? That she only has 10, maybe 11 lives. But, mm-hmm. you know, but she knows the clock is ticking. And so I think that kind of also explains, like, why she was in stasis. Like, you know, keep me kind of here until the last moment so I can take everything I need with me. Um, it seems very kind of well thought out by, like, Moira and Apocalypse themselves. Right. And then the way it's relayed through the plot, I think just... I agree, it was a little... Disappointing is probably a strong word. It was just a little different having it just kind of be one linear story. But I'm really interested to see, you know, how it pays off into issue four. And I thought right. it was, you know, talking about being kind of halfway through, if there's a point to kind of change the format and do like kind of do some wrap up, I thought this was a good place to do it. Sure. And I think this means that we can focus a lot more on uh, year a thousand, which has been, you know, shrouded in, in much more mystery than than the other timelines have been. So uh, we've got it. We're going to have to, I don't know, if, like wrap that portion up is the right way to phrase it. But we're, we're going to have to go further into that. And we only have three issues left. So I assume we're just going to like <laughs> super focus on year 1000. Right. That would seem to make the most sense. Mm. I will say probably my favorite page color wise and art wise was the one after where Nimrod discovers the, the X-Men are on board and just all kind of like the, the alert alert and the caution sign and all that. Mm-hmm. And the light, like the pinks and yellows look really cool to me. Yeah, Gracia is still like the all-star oh, on this book. Yes. And that that's saying a lot because it's very well written and very well drawn. And he's mm-hmm. still, he still steals the show. <laughs> Ian, what did you think? Oh, uh, <clears throat> Sorry, uh, I quite enjoyed it to be honest. And there's a few panels which stand out, which are the more obvious ones, which would be the end, the black hole, because they are so beautifully done. And I, I'm like I'm drawn to them like a moth to a flame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but every page is just so well done from every part, from the uh, the artist, how it's written, the letters, everything just goes so well together just to give you a solid story, even if it is. Like just a magic flashbang, it's done quick and gone. All right, what do you guys want to rate this thing then? Um, I'm gonna go with. Ian doesn't know the rating system. I never told him in advance. Uh oh. <laughs> you're useless. Because Wolverine, <laughs> Wolverine has six cars. This is a Wolverine podcast, so it's out of six. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so if it's not quite good to six, it'd be like five, and one just got stuck halfway. There you go. <laughs> right. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So I'm good. I'm gonna give it a five because the craft's so good that it's it'd be mean to give it a, a, like anything lower than a five because I'm sure I gave Uncanny no I've never given Uncanny a higher than a two. Considering <laughs> how you complained about it, I'd be surprised if you didn't that you gave it to. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm I'm right there with a with a five. It's it, like I said, it's not disappointing. It's just. Compared to the other pox, it's so straightforward. It was sort of a, a surprise, but uh, really well done issue. And, and as we said last time, on, on the Hickman scale, this is like, you know, five, five out of six on the Hickman scale is like 1,000 out of 10 <laughs> on, uh, I don't know, what's a terrible book out now, on the Venom scale. So, you know, that right. sort of thing. Right. Well, I'm going to, I may surprise you guys. I'm going to actually go six out of six on this one. Um, as much as I was kind of like, oh, I miss the other timelines, I actually felt like the issue flowed a little better without them. Oh, um, sure, sure. And so 
I don't know. I just I had a lot of fun with the story, and I think the surprise at the end was enough to kind of bump me into that next level. So, so six out of six for me. Awesome. So, so this is my first time doing this. I've had plenty of time at least to think about it now. <laughs> uh, and I quite enjoyed it but I don't feel like it's the best of uh, Pox so far so I'd probably say four, maybe four and a half okay. Fair wow, enough going low. Yeah. Of course, <laughs> don't, don't forget Ian didn't have to live through all the uncanny we had to live through so right, maybe right. he's more objective so his, his bar is more normal <laughs> Yeah, My soul hasn't been destroyed just yet Right <laughs> <laughs> He'll get me to read something terrible at some point, don't we? No, uh, that's right. that's like animal. That's like that's like abuse. Yeah, you give me something terrible, I just ban it. You'd probably fight me if I did. Don't ban, we don't ban books in this house. <laughs> okay, I've got a sound. Sounds, <laughs> sounds like an argument you guys need to take offline here. I don't know. Right. If, uh... <laughs> 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 All right, Dan, well, Hawks number three is calling your name. Ah, uh, yes. Once more into the breach, um, Jonathan Hickman is writing, obviously. Uh, Pepe Larraz is our artist this time. Marty Gus- Mario Garcia is continuing his stellar work. Uh, VCs Clayton Cowles and Tom Mueller on design, and Larraz and Garcia on the cover, which is almost biblical in a sense. Um, with the um, sort of I, I, for a second I thought it was Galactus but anyway yes oh, um, right yeah it kind of does look like Galactus sure with the uh, mother, mo- mother mold behind the sun with its like totem like face um, and our little um, band of merry mutants going to face it and I do love the upgrades that um, Kurt has got from cutlasses to broadsword <laughs> um, and we have from the top Angel Husk M or Monet, depending on how you feel. Nightcrawler, um, I refuse to call it Miss Marvel, Jean Grey, and Wolverine and Cyclops. And the funny, interesting thing is that there's two characters that Ian, did you actually, you didn't ask me, did you? What about Husk and M? I had no idea who they were for the whole book. <laughs> To be no, fair, I don't think Husk things. says a single word in this book, and yeah, M is. has like two lines, so it's not like you needed to know who they were, unfortunately. The Gen X is those. It's fairness, I the forgot they were there. That's fine. <laughs> the, X, fair, the X-Men are hardly in this one. But anyway, yeah. um, I quite like, I kind of quite like the front cover. I love the colour work a lot. I kind of like the biblical imagery. It reminds me sort of like a tapestry with the characters down the side. It also reminds me of old school comic book um boxes you know the with people's right. heads mm-hmm. uh, boxes people comic boxes have heads in. no <laughs> wait you've been living <laughs> right then in the corner of comic books um they they did it recently as well they have like the characters heads in it to like say what was in the book at the time oh yeah yeah so there you go you've shown me that before yes. once or twice hi education is needed more All like right. possible <laughs> <laughs> Oh, domestic. Man. This is a domestic episode. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, I, yeah. Professor Xavier, um, uh, you make me so proud. Is this is his quote? Oh, well, hold on. I, uh, I, I don't. I, I was not really in, impressed with this cover at all. To be honest. Really? I mean, oh, I, I liked it a lot. 
This is the worst <laughs> cover for me so far. We had some great design work on the well, covers gonna... and something, but this felt like three quarters of the page just blurred out in gold, whatever, and not once again not a lot of detail. And it feels like the character, the character portraits inside the book, the character models have a lot more going on than what's on uh, going on than the cover. I was so like ready to move past this cover. It didn't do anything for me. I disagree, well, then, when I do well, the uh, the I podcast image, I'll put an asterisk that Georgie does not approve of this podcast image. <laughs> <laughs> neither, does, neither does Ian. He just literally agreed with Georgie. And okay. looked at it like, oh, that's a cover. And just skipped over it even quicker yeah. than I did. Yeah. I like I everything except for the Jean Grey costume, which I am I despise very, very anxious to go away. But I just, I want it. It's no. The only time I've known that is someone else, and that's not right. <laughs> yeah, the X Men Red costume, right? Well, right. X Men Red movies, I've never seen those Miss Marvel. It just doesn't feel right to me. Yeah, it's like infantile, like making her quite young. Anyone anyway. that looks at that will know that that's Jean Grey instantly. Well, unless they've actually read stuff about the book beforehand. Oh, well, much older than myself. Okay, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> It is, um, as I think Georgie and everyone agrees, is, is more of an editor's wank choice than... <laughs> than, than yeah, I mean, overall, that's probably been our biggest criticism of, of this whole miniseries is what they've sort of removed from Jean and sort of placed her in the background and given her her, like, costume when she was, what, 18 years old or whatever. It's right. kind of strange. Yeah, so... We start with uh, Scott facing Magneto, well, facing his two dads, Magneto and uh, Charles. Mm-hmm. And how patronizing Charles is, at least Hickman gets him right straight away. But, yeah. um, Charles sends him off on his little mission. He goes to meet his Motley crew he's assembled. Um, wait a second, Mystique's not on the front cover. Is not well, maybe cover. she is. Maybe you just can't see her. But then what does she do? <laughs> she's the master mode she, in the background. She is Nightcrawler, she's Nightcrawler's sword. Yes. Yeah. So we have our Motley crew, um, and everyone's complaining, and they all kind of know it's supposedly a suicide mission. And um, Logan's all like, let's kill them all, because um, innocent people don't like live with weapons of mass annihilation. And Jean's trying to be X-Men Red Jean, but it doesn't quite go off as planned. They fly off the moon... Because I thought the Krakoan Island was on Earth. It's not. Yeah. Apparently. That was a surprise. In a giant, giant jumbo jet. Um, we have a um, Nimrod progression uh, Wikipedia page for everyone that needs it. <laughs> Myself. I needed every one of these information pages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all cool. I can't argue. I can't argue them anymore they're just there they're 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 they're, they're for everyone else um and then we have lots of information <laughs> and then then project achilles well basically where it runs through essentially what happened in the last issue of uh parks i was just like oh i could have just skipped it and read all that instead <laughs> wow <laughs> that's that's a disservice <laughs> to what happened in that issue yeah. <laughs> you hear it here first Ian is anti-artwork he's all, yeah. all he's giving the he text, prefers maybe. a, a text based all only about comic. the text all the yeah. text no artwork <laughs> well anyway wow anyway um, yes so Project Achilles which is the new Supermax prison for superhuman 
um, evil people that own yeah, houses. I wish, Dan, though, I wish, because we had that page, and I wish the narration box would have said, speaking of Project Akiwis. <laughs> <laughs> and so we have a, um, we have an imposing Sabretooth. I don't think Sabretooth has looked um, as good as this in a long time, to be honest. No, no. Um, right. And we have a, a, a grinning Sabretooth and a not very happy judge, because he's spitting all over the floor. And then um, he can smell Jasmine, because our queen and saviour enters the courtroom. Um, Emma Frost, flagged, um, flanked by her two sisters, or two two sisters, two daughters, sorry, practically, who are sisters, there you go. Um, in All I can describe is something Nightcrawler would, would have worn in an Alan Davis. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes. He would have worn that fur, fur coat, uh, yeah. shawl, whatever, yeah. <laughs> I had to ask you about that, didn't I? Because I was like, why are they calling a mum? Is it like a military thing? Or they actually were like, <laughs> it, was a bad, it was a bad story decision at one point, and it stuck, unfortunately. But yes, yeah, so we'll go that way. Yeah. And um, in what I can only describe as my favourite scene in this comic book and House of X, mainly because I think he has just nailed Emma to the wall and been like, this is a character that exists, and this is how she should be written. Ignore what has just happened in, in the pre- previous, like, couple of years this is this right. is emma frost um and she um just takes saber tooth away and no one can stop her but i love the whole like we'll just pretend that you have your impotent power works and you could maybe have stopped me which is it her little line there is just delicious right um then we have the omega cycle which is how omega sentinels are born which i am surprised anyone is actually mining operation zero tolerance for any plot device but <laughs> here we are um, and then back back to the Orcus Forge, and we have, is it Shrimma? Shrimpa? Um, do you make sense on yourself? I've completely forgotten the name. Um, and the other scientists walking around talking about how they're prepping, like for society and the master mold and the fighting for their future. And then the X Men turn up because their Shi'ar craft is astonishing. And where did they get that from anyway? This uh, Xavier. Bangs the queen of the Shi'ar. So that's fine. Yeah, kind of. Right. So there you go. Build in that for you. Um, and no, just, sorry, to sorry to jump in. It just occurred to me that like both Xavier and Landra are both like total assholes. <laughs> like they're so <laughs> like they fit each other so well and how manipulative <laughs> and like terrible they are to people. It's great. Right. Yeah. Um, everyone's freaking out, and um, they make a sentence like, "Why don't you summon all the sentinels you've got?" And they did, but unfortunately they're too far away to help. By the time they get here, the X-Men would have done what they have to do. Um, Scott basically sends Kurt to do some recon, and I adore these panels, because it's Nightcrawler, and he looks amazing. Oh, it's great. Yeah, it looks beautiful, and his landing, and the smoke, and even his little little smile and his inside are way it just sounds so curt like oh my god it's brilliant i do love the uh, the new sword and why does he get that well the new... sword it's just like oh i thought he had no it's a boss no yeah he used to have cutlasses and like fine fencing swords but now it's now it's a broad sword. <laughs> so who, who cares i'm not gonna argue it looks nice so um <laughs> he reveals he, he, he reveals that plan they all all the humans are upset because all the schematics have obviously been le- leaked um, it looks like the X-Men aren't going to dock in the place they think they're docking and are just going to cut through the hole. So the main security guard decides to jerry-rig his gun into an explosive device and boom, blows up the Shi'ar X-Jet and himself in the process. To be continued. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah. But, and then you have, like, no one dies from Magneto. And no one forgets the founder of a nation, which yeah. I think is a great one. And then we finally get the Krakoan language and the cipher for it. So we can all translate everything if we have the patience and the time to do so. I feel like I'm translating not- <laughs> it is cheating. Like, it's not supposed to be... Tra- like. I feel like it's it's supposed to be there as a mystery language for you to just ponder over, but like getting into the code takes away from the book what the book's trying to do. I like I appreciate him giving it out now, but I don't care. It it, it like it's a detriment to me if I go back and read what was actually on the walls. Yes, well, I still can't read what's in the circle at the end of the book. That first letter's not on this list unless I'm missing it. Oh, I don't know. I can't see it. That one, yeah, I can't see it either. Oh, he's only given us half of the cipher. Damn you, Hickman. Damn you. All right. Mm. But yes, that was House of X. Um, Ian, you had something to say, because it was actually kind of surprising when you said it, because I expected a certain answer, but a certain opinion, but you went differently to what I thought. I'm going to have to look at my notes. <laughs> but I <laughs> cannot remember a thing about this. Uh, it was your opinion of it my opinion of it because you loved House of X so much and this one wasn't up to your scratch oh yes I feel like it's the weakest one of House of X in what way just like reading it I I enjoyed reading the other previous two issues more Um, each one left me with a bit more investment but for some reason this one I was just like so that's the end of the comic. <laughs> I just didn't have any gumption to continue it for some reason. Hmm. Uh, Both of these issues are very mission heavy. Yes. Yes. Very straightforward. Theme of the week. <laughs> for sure. What about you, Jason? What did you think? Um, overall, I liked it quite a bit. Um, you know, it's interesting. We talked. One of the things we talked about the very first episode we started talking about this was kind of my uncertainty with this is really interesting I'm not sure if I like it and uh, I kind of feel like with after the courtroom scene that yeah I'm not really necessarily on board with how that played out but it's so intriguing that I'm like way into it right as far as just the plot and and seeing where it goes um, you know I'm not necessarily thinking that is the best situation that, you know, we just like take Sabretooth off and say, oh, immunity, immunity, okay, fine. And, and he's gloating about how he's going to kill again. And it's kind of unsettling, but it's so Emma and so kind of what I think of is like the quote-unquote right Sabretooth. And it kind of sets up, you know, maybe some potential problems, uh-huh. you know, for, for the newly established X nation and so I don't know I just it really was really kind of piqued my interest in what was going on and and the mission while definitely straightforward did feel very X-Men and so I I I think that's maybe one thing that I'm really keying in on what I'm enjoying a lot about these books is how first of all how Hickman just seems to time and time again nail the characters and then yeah. also just how X-Men it feels, which we've been... I mean, other than our brief stint with Red, we haven't got a lot of X-Men feels in the last several years. So. Sure. I thought 
you know, it just came to mind now, but how it, it was really, it was a nice point of the book being like, you could never die if people remember you, right? But it's also sort of ties into all of what's happening to Moira. You know, she keeps dying and coming back and, you know, reliving every or, or explaining everything that's happened to her in her previous lives. And I'm wondering how much this is really like radicalized uh, Magneto and Xavier because they don't they don't seem that like like yeah I mean you might go off and die but you know who cares because right you know we're gonna remember and if we don't remember then Moira is gonna remember like, like <laughs> they're so like it's it's made them think in a so much larger picture of, of like we can sacrifice and we can bring back clones and do all these things we need to do because we have this overarching mission that we need to accomplish and they're so focused on that that. It, it it does make it's almost like leveled up Charles's snark and and lack of care for his students. He's like, yeah, go do this mission because you don't matter because of, I can make more of you and and we're just trying to do this this giant this giant plan. So to me, I think that was really interesting about this issue, uh, how sort of far they've gone from being uh, two guys who just care about. You know, making sure that mutants don't die to two guys who are thinking, you know, 300 steps ahead of everyone was was really interesting. I Yeah, and I think I'm starting, see if you guys agree with me or not. I think I'm starting to get a feel for what maybe one of the big points in this story arc is going to be, kind of based on that thought line, is that there is very important, right, for the progress of, of justice and, and rightness and humanity and, and compassion. Like we have to fight for certain causes. It's important that we do that. We, but I think, you know, what most people would agree with is that you have to kind of wage that fight or, or stand up for the things you need to stand up for while still keeping your compassion and your humanity. And I think, the danger that Magneto and Professor X are both into right now and that we see sometimes in real life as well is when you put – when your ideology that you're fighting for separates on the humanity is when bad things start to happen or when you start to make bad judgments or you start to lose touch with what the ideology is really trying to do. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing is that they've so separated their end goals – from the people that it actually matters to ha- accomplish those goals for that I don't know I, I think I think maybe that's kind of where the story's going could be what about you Dan you didn't I mean you you, you went over you summarized the book but we haven't really had any of your thoughts on it so right yes House of X um I think it was not as straightforward as it seems, because what we witnessed wasn't the X-Men's point of view of the mission, it was the human's point of view, which we don't usually see, which is sure. the human being the ones on the verge of extinction. And in the scientist's mind, they are the ones that are about to be purified by a bunch of, let's say, zealots. Um, in, in, so the tables are slightly turned in the point of view of the book. And I quite like the fact that a noble sacrifice by humans, if it was the other way around, say it was the 90s and the human blew himself up when the X-Men were being all noble, it would just look like a suicide bomber. But here it is like someone sacrificing themselves for um, their greater good, which is kind of like the, the there's a constant di- like dichotomy between like themes here. And much like 
the idea that Xavier and, and Charles may lose themselves in their plan and um, their distance from humanity will lose the compassion that defines the X-Men. Um, I feel like it's interesting to that Hickman would would focus on the, the passions and the feelings of the humans and have, like, the X-Men are constantly coloured in this book, especially in the mission, um, and, like, darker, more threatening colours, and um, mm-hmm. sides, have, sides have already been drawn, and, like, even with Nightcrawler being all, like, nightcrawler sass um, to the Omega Sentinel, it still feels like... It feels like the Omega Sentinels like in the right almost to be to be here protecting the interests of humanity. And then on top of that we have a courtroom scene where a serial killer, mass murderer, um, is just let off the hook because mutants are now a nation to themselves again and can grant diplomatic immunity, no matter how beautiful that Emma is, and to be fair, I just that the artwork is just astounding. Emma has never looked so good either, um, and I think it's kind of like who are we supposed to? I felt like right. at the end, who mm-hmm. are we supposed to root for by the end of it because we have Xavier doesn't show his face. Magneto is a known terrorist and mass murderer, and they're in charge of of this entire mission. On this mission is another serial killer. Well, two, if you include Wolverine and Mystique being the two <laughs> massive serial killers. Um, we have a, a, a horseman of death in Archangel. And then we have a scene where, like I said, we have a scene where a killer is let go. And everything is in is moving against humanity. And then the end of the book is about the focus of how humanity is trying to save themselves. And their last hope is being destroyed, which is... The flip side of seeing uh, of the la- of pops, which is um, the final fight of the mutants, is being annihilated, and all that's ever in the middle is, is the robots. Like um, Omega Sentinel's in the middle of this fight; she's not on a side; she's just there. He just like well, assumes she's picked humanity over over mutant kind, and that's not what's actually happened. Um, so I think it's I think it's interesting that there's like a ever flow to the, like the thought process here. So I don't think it's as straightforward as it seems. Obviously, story wise, it's pretty like linear, but um, I feel like we're getting some more Hickman red herrings being thrown in here, there, and everywhere. So sure, no, that's a good point to bring up. I didn't consider any of that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Clearly, I'm just like, ooh, pretty colours in action. Right. That's just not, that <laughs> no, it, it's it's a good point because, like, even it, it's almost like the torch of like ominous, ominous. I don't know, aura is passed from Charles onto Cyclops, and they just carry it right on on to uh, to the mother. Uh, I almost just said mother brain. I'm thinking of Metroid to the mother mold there. Because <laughs> yeah. even Cyclops is considered a terrorist, even though. I disagree with that that <laughs> that idea. Mm. Um, so you've got all of these like sort of villainous esque characters. You know, what I mean, in the in in the in the like power plays of the X Men, all this right. So yes, it's weird. <laughs> How do you feel about the artwork in this one compared to like uh, POX? This the artwork in this one for me is a country mile ahead of um, Powers of X. I don't know if it's because 
every single character is na- like really well defined and is just like almost like the definition of who they are and the way they move and the way they're coloured. Obviously, Gracia just does all of the work for everyone else. Um, he's still like yeah, <laughs> he's still the MVP. But I don't. There's just like such character in the master's work this time because I flip between them on which one's better. Um, or that's a really bad statement. Neither are better or worse. They're both great in their own way. But I feel like this is artistically far more interesting to me. Um, I think visually it's got a more of a um, X Men vibe as well than the last one. Where I don't know, maybe I just don't. Uh, you mean like like thematic vibe? Yeah, it feels more like um, I don't know. I don't. It's really hard to define what looks like an X Men comic, but this feels like it looks more like an X Men comic, even though we've got quite a lot of biblical imagery and like grandioso. The fact there's like a giant head floating around the sun is like the most <laughs> biblical Hickman can be, I suppose, visually. Um, and I like the designs in this one. I didn't mind the um, Wikipedia pages this time around, so that's a plus. I mean, it's it's hard not to. I mean, you might like one of these books artwork better than the other, but I don't know if I can really like complain either way uh, about both, these books. Yeah, they're uh, both pretty great. Yeah, I, I think the, the Emma panels are wonderful. It was nice to see. You know, we saw. Uh, that giant roster of characters are going to be used, and then we had, you know, what five, six issues of just just the same like four characters showing up. So it was nice to see, uh, you know, in this book especially, Sabretooth and Emma and Nightcrawler and, and M and, and like Archangel show up, and even if they're not doing a whole lot, to be acknowledged as like, hey, we are we are still here in the greater X Men universe, and, and these are how these characters <laughs> would react and. To see them accurately portrayed, uh, especially Emma, after everything that happened in, in Uncanny, was yeah, was yeah, kind of sublime right. to to. I mean, we've, we mentioned every time, and I think Jason, you you said it earlier, but having all these characters written in their character voice uh, is something we haven't seen in. You know, I, Bendis is great. But Bendis writes almost every character in like a Bendis voice. You know what I mean? Um, yes. So even even before. I don't know, we have to go back to, like, Gillen or something before we had characters written as, <laughs> as themselves? X-Men, X-Men Red had, 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 had... Tom Taylor had them written Right, nicely. right, right, right. But it's, that's, that's like a bad. blip in a, in a giant uh, X-Men uh, yeah, continuity. True. I do like the fact that the narrative of... Um, one of the narrative strands is Sabretooth. Of every character... Char- of all the characters they could have picked, it's Sabretooth. Is like we're following his story as well. I, I promise you... He's going to something's going to come undone because of Saber Two storyline. Yeah, like, and I wonder it's if gonna it... be it's gonna be a linchpin and kind of a collapse of something. Um, I'm I'm anxious to see kind of how that plays out. I, I I like the fact that it feels like Emma has been put on the board as opposed to just a cameo. Right. Like it feels like she's a distinct player for the, going forward. I might be wrong, but it feels like that was a choice as opposed to like the. The like M and um, Husk, who are probably just going to be background fighting characters in the next issue. And it's also not, it's not the first issue where Emma's appeared as well, because she's yeah. appeared in the previous issue of uh, House of X. No, she right yeah. at the end, reading people's minds. Well, Magnet was talking to him. No, that's not, that's not that. That's one of the sisters. Uh, it's God, it's confusing. confusing. <laughs> <laughs> they look alike. They look so much alike. No. 
For, well, the sisters look exactly the same. That's true. They are quadruplets. Is yeah. that the word? The word? Quintuplets. Yeah. Quintuplets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Quintuplets. Yeah. There we go. Someone got there in the end. Then they're done. <laughs> Forget where the. I forget how many there are. Teamwork makes the dream work. Oh, right. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder if they're all. How much of that still holds true? Mm. I don't remember how many are supposed to be alive anymore. So. So many of them. Well, <laughs> 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 if I've got my love of Emma from you, mm. or if I just enjoyed that scene. Either, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the other important part is it feels like with with other runs with these in terms of character use, characters they're just like, well, I like these characters, so I'm going to use these characters. But this feels like Charles and Magneto being like, this is an important person, and this is how we should use them in the cause. So it's not like, all right, they just hear like Emma is important, and we can use her effectively this way. So let's like use her actually instead of maybe just show but, her in the um, background. Cyclops um, picking a team of people who will do whatever it takes. Right. His X-Force, so to speak. Right. It does feel like a very intricate game of chess. Yeah. you guys think that any of our X-Men are dead in this explosion? <laughs> no. Jean is there. Jean is there. Yeah, but what's she done? Now, Jean will just put a force field around yeah, her. Yeah, a, 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 a TK bubble. No, Gene, Gene's, Gene's not useless like the 90s X-Men cartoon. Right. <laughs> M is like nigh indestructible. Uh, Husk could like morph into some like diamond shield or whatever. Like Wolverine we'll obviously die. doesn't die from this explosion. It's, it's, uh, it's. But you know, it was a nice little like cliffhanger. If all right. of them are dead though, and they just said it'd be it'd be weird and brilliant <laughs> if they're all dead, and Xavier just clones them and sends them again. Right. 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 There's, there's one ship w- w- coming from the other end that's the same characters. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we need to restart level five. We don't have to go to the beginning of the game. All right. <laughs> I have a save point, and I just like to restart. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, Georgie, when do you want to give House of X number three? I, I think this is sort of on par uh, with the, with the previous issue, maybe slightly uh, better, but I don't feel like it's reached the grandiose heights we, we've had previously. So I'll give this one a five, even though it's it's still like to continue with my uh, I'm I'm hungry analogy from the previous episode. <laughs> it's very scrumptious uh, artwork, so this was this was good. All right, and Ian, what about you? What do you want to give this one? Well, after. Thinking about it for as long as I could, <laughs> uh, I'd say five because even though it's not the best one so far, it's beautifully done, and I can't help but look at the panel of the explosion at the end. I'm literally just staring at it. <laughs> and it, even though it's quite linear and straightforward, although Dan will say otherwise, uh, it still feels like it's building up to something, and that something's going to come from it. So I would say five. All right. Um. We'll let Dan go last. I think I'm going to stick. I'm just in a really good mood and really enjoying these books. So I'm going to stick with six out of six for me. I think if I were to step back, I know it's not 100% perfect, but I just had a lot of fun with it. And I'm just kind of I'm kind of high on the, the crest of these books right now. So I'm going to stay with a six. Cool. So my rational brain wants to say five, but um, 
I'm biased that good Emma and great <laughs> panels equals a six to me. Like just to see like that Emma was just great and I think the drawing of Nightcrawler is gonna be my phone back him teleporting around is my phone background now. I'm gonna find <laughs> it in but yeah, those moments have just made it a six and it's totally over character bias. Um That's okay. I swear yeah. I should just put out a picture of Nightcrawler and just put it on a pe- just on a bit of string at the end of a stick, and he'd just walk anywhere our faces. <laughs> <laughs> More than likely, yes, that's true. Unless it's really horrible art. And, uh, oh, right. like, I get that nightcrawler. Nightcrawler, my god, yeah. Or Excalibur. Excalibur, yes. Oh, my goodness. Could you imagine a, a Nightcrawler series by the Raz? I would, I'd, be, I'd be all over oh, it. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That'd be pretty awesome. So. Cool, cool. All right, cool. Well, that is... Our Hawks Fox coverage. Um, something else did come out this week we wanted to mention, and that is Marvel Comics number 1000, which is written and drawn by damn near everybody. Um, I thought Al Ewing. I thought he, he wrote everything. <laughs> he, he did write he a lot. Write like 60% he, of this thing. I, I think he definitely was in charge of the quote-unquote plot thread that runs through it. Um Lots and lots of different different artists and stuff to go with that too. A very nice Alex Ross cover of someone opening like Marvel Comics number one, and then all the characters coming out. I also got a version. I got the Scotty Young variant. That was like a little kid opening. Actually, he's opening the the normal cover of one thousand, but all Scotty Young characters are coming out of the comic in a white background. It's pretty oh, cool. cool. Yeah. There's also a Mike Allred one, which is really lovely. Yes, um, it is really nice too. So, so I think what we'll do, we'll just kind of um, talk about maybe some favorites. I would say the quote-unquote plot is that there's this infinity mask that goes all the way back to the beginning of Marvel history and belong and is basically a mask of equalization it's an equalizer mask and different heroes and different outlaws have worn it in the past and now we have a select team of spies and sleuths trying to track it down and there's going to be a character who's the new dark rider is that what they said mass raider um and we'll find out who that is in 2020 that was the least interesting part, even though it's the most covered <laughs> thing of this book, the least interesting part to me. You know, like, Akira Yoshida wrote that bit, and we should just ignore it forever and ever. Never yeah. And ever. So basically, there's 80 pages, one for each year of Marvel history. Um, some of them seem to be, like, an event that took place in that year. Some of them are very loosely tied to, like, the milestone that's listed for that year. You know, for example, like when Spider-Man shows up, um, it's obviously not like Spider-Man in that time, but it's a reference to early Spider-Man. Um, so what, I guess just maybe one or seven of your guys' highlights or lowlights, and we'll kind of just do that. Well, my first highlight, because I quite enjoy it, enjoyed it, was um, the uh, Miss America. Um, America Tevez. I thought it was quite sweet. And yeah. I, the message was quite lovely. And uh, being the only queer content in the entire 80 pages of this book, <laughs> um, 
It was kind of nice to see it. It was kind of like at the beginning, kind of front and center, and didn't shy away from it, unlike the controversies surrounding this book. Um, right. Which is weird. It definitely was not. Yeah, the Black Panther one is not apolitical um, at all. Not at all, no. Well, you know, it's curious. So I guess let's let's jump into that, because I guess that's the next page, right? Um, The 1944 page, which has uh, a big pinup by John Cassidy of Captain America, and then a little essay by Mark Wade. Um, I'm really interested. So I know, Georgie, you, you saw some stuff and talked about some stuff that and he was forced to kind of edit that and change that to make it apolitical. Um, I felt like what we got, had I not known that there was maybe something actually a little more powerful, I think what we got is actually pretty good. I think the only thing that's disappointing is maybe the idea of it being censored. Um, so have you actually seen like what the original transcript was? I have not. I, okay. I believe previews went out to a lot of... like. Uh, comic book shops so that's why the information is out because people right people know but apparently it was more about uh you know the, the times we live in now and how right. it, hard it was it is for immigrants and something more more political something okay more about captain america talking about you know america even at this moment needs heroes to help benefit those in need sort of a thing and it was much more about real life examples where uh someone in Marvel, most likely Savolsky was like, nope, we ain't doing this, uh, and uh, we, we can't be political, so it was removed. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think if you don't know that, the idea that, that you know, he talks about, you know, hatred, bigotry, and exclusion being unpatriotic is a nice thought. So maybe, I guess you're saying in the original, we just spelled out more of what those things actually are. I think it's easier for someone who doesn't lean left to just be like, hey, of course, bigotry. No one likes bigotry, but if you right. you yeah, actually bring up an example. You, right, yeah. right. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Uh, in that case, yeah, I would have to kind of agree with the disappointment that if we have a chance to use a hero that's an icon to kind of... And I, I know it's dumb, right? It's a fictional character, but... If you have the chance to take that stand, then you should. So, since that's something Captain America has done throughout his history, he's never been right. a political character. Right. So, yeah. uh, on the on the flip side of that page, it is gorgeous. I mean, that's a great yes. looking Captain America. <laughs> it looks really nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what did y'all think about uh, Eminem's Hellcat page? I love Hellcat and I love Inman and I always loved his front covers and I have this series by Catherine Inman, like the sort of her series of Hellcat. And I was just like, it's just so nice to see all those elements together in the um in the book and even if it was like a cutesy little how many snapshots sort of thing. Um I kind of just I enjoyed it. It's good because to be honest, until they got to America I was like garbage, garbage, garbage. Um <laughs> and then I was like, nice, 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 garbage, garbage. It kind of right. like, it has like, <laughs> this is one of my, uh, it's not like amazing. I just was really happy to see him draw a comic and I just love Hellcat. I think she's a really simple but great design. And it was nice. Yeah, a lot yeah. of fun. I love that page. So much fun. Yeah. Um, nothing really noticeable to me until we get to 51 and we have Mike Allred with Doctor Strange and the Washeteria. 
And that was a, yeah. a fun Oh, you guys didn't like the uh, Make Mine a Manhattan? I, I just love the like the the old school look and feel of this this page. I do like Cameron Stewart a lot, so that was a that was a bonus. I do like the look of it. I just didn't care for that. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Or just artwork. I love I love that. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. so I've just seen the Doctor Strange page, and I'm in love with it right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's another good one that was on my list. And you got the Lokis. Um, I did enjoy the Brand Eck page from uh, 1953. I liked the bulk bash and slobber in time. I know it's silly and pretty dumb, but I, I liked it anyway. Um Sure. Oh, what else? Um, got more black mass. I can't want to say black mass. Um, more infinity mass stuff. Uh, tying that, that into cool. like Adam Warlock's origin was interesting. I thought to a degree. Um, I like the Hulk with Alex Ross, but I've jumped ahead of you. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I liked that. I want to. I didn't eat the microphone. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was the next standout page for me. Was the the Hulk page. I like yeah. the the one with um, Rocket and Gru, but that, I'm a sucker for Rocket and Gru, so right. that's probably my favorite, even no matter what it says. To be fair, at least the art's really <laughs> nice compared to because to be honest, some of these panel pages, I was like, is this the same artist? These are supposed to have changed, right? And it also <laughs> sort of this version of Rocket yeah. and Raccoon as well, which is just even more brownie points for me. You do that, right. right? So I have a soft spot, and I assume Georgie will jump in with me. But um, when I saw um, Rodriguez and Lopez um, do a Spidey panel, I was like, yes. Yeah, the, uh, especially Phil, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller writing. It was it was that, that great Spider-Verse like wit that wasn't, it, it was like Bendis witty, but it was it was like so much fun. It was very reminiscent of that movie. And the artwork just really matched with everything going on. I think this right. this might be the best page of the whole thing. How how weird is it to see Javier Rodriguez do just straight panels? <laughs> For the most part, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was that was kind of odd. Um, I, I also uh, really least... like the page before that. Uh, the I think Ahmed does a good job with uh, the thing. It wasn't like the greatest yeah. looking book, but I just enjoyed that uh, his writing there. Right. Yeah, um, I like that too. My first, the first of my least favorites comes with um, Walt Simpson's. Man. Iron, has he not? Trash. Right. I feel like, and I, I love Simonson or his dance as Simonson in his prime. I feel like he's completely become like a caricature of himself mm. in the I last several was, years. Um, is it Chaykin? Um, oh, Chaykin? Howard Chaykin? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I generally thought it was him for a second. I was like, oh, it's not him. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, what did you guys did you guys write the Chris Samney page? I With, just love Chris Samney's uh, yeah. art. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Woodson nailed it completely. Yes. Yep. Yep. Great artwork. Really nice. Um, let's see. Mm-hmm. Then of course you have the the very not at all political Black Panther page. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um. <laughs> well, can we just can can I just say that I miss Brian um, Stelfreeze from Black Panther even more now since he left many many moons ago and I just. Mm-hmm. I've missed this coloring and black people actually looking like they're black people um, right. and all that jazz. And I love this little, little um, page, to be fair. Yeah, it was a nice page. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got uh, 
Captain Marvel's cat came back with. Uh, I just like having Kelly Sue write her again. It felt nice. Right, and uh, and David Lopez drawing again. It was it was a nice throwback to a really good series. Right. Um, I'm always a sucker for people that mess with the panels like that as well. Yes, the panel layout's great. Like, um, is it McKelvey? Yeah, McKelvey, yeah. Like, the way McKelvey does panels, it's things like this, it just always draws me in and makes me want to read it. I do like the cat floating around the panels. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was cool. And then in 71, that Red Wolf page was visually interesting. Um, Yeah, definitely unique. I appreciated it being different. Right. I do like the stylistic choices. Is this the guy who did the front covers for... um, I've forgotten the series. I don't know why you're looking at no, me. No, no, I don't know why I'm looking at you. Um, that's where <laughs> Red Wolf was, isn't it? Um, I don't know. I don't recognize the names. The Avengers... What was it called? With him and Hawkeye. Uh, yeah. No idea. Not Avengers Outlaws. That's not right. Um, no, but not like that kind of... I'm sure you did some of the covers for it. But... Do you know what really disappointed me is that I really like Nick Bradshaw, um, and I just didn't think his I I don't really didn't really like his blade pages. No, uh, I think some of it was the color work, though. To be honest, um, I don't know if it was a good match between the two. Yeah, it was kind of forgettable for me. Yeah, then we have our first Wolverine, not Wolverine page uh, by Rod Rice. Um, Wait, 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 one second. Sorry, Jason, to put in. But I don't understand. This is when I was like, what milestones are we celebrating here? So we're celebrating Gwen's death? Yeah, in 73. Mm-hmm. That was I don't know about celebrating, but just marking well, it. Yeah, and I think because for a lot of people, that issue is the quote of the start of the Bronze Age. So, I mean, I, I understand why you would want to nod to it to some yeah, degree. Yeah, yeah. Weird, um, especially if you don't have like I don't know, um, the birth of Excalibur or like any of the X Men milestones. Right, right, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. There's nothing, nothing referencing giant size, which is like a big right event in comics history. Um, X Men number one. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember Farlane like doing the pre-image. Uh, talent wave of the 90s um, but yeah so we have a guy kind of doing like a Wolverine a play basically a stage play of Wolverine's first appearance um, it was fine <laughs> the art was nice yeah, um, you can get yeah. it's nice. on the bottom panel I had to look real close because I thought Wolverine was bald for a second and there was nothing else there so, <laughs> <laughs> Um, obviously, the next page is um, Georgie's favorite page, uh, Rosenberg and Hughes uh, um, Punisher page. I assume that's Georgie's favorite. Yeah, that was like, of course, Rosenberg is writing a Punisher page, is what I thought. Of course. Right. And it's oh. just violence. It's just violence. I assume there were women in that car that he blew up. Um, <laughs> gosh. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's just him like justifying, yeah, no one else is going to kill these awful people, so it's up to me to kill these bad people. Like, well. You made your point on how awful you are. Thank you. <laughs> right. right. Um, I did actually quite enjoy the Star Wars page. I like the didn't I like that page. I also kind of liked the George Perez page, but I have a soft spot for George Perez. And obviously, Kev Zek and Perez's Avengers is like one of my favorites. So, mm. and, uh, 
Yeah, I like George Fresno a lot, too. I don't know if I really yeah. got a chance to do anything on this page. <laughs> but, but, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, love the Star Wars page. Um, yeah, 78 was one of those weird ones. Like, okay, well, I like Alpha Flight, but it's really that. Like, that's our first kind of. X-Man landmark? I mean, I guess yeah, it's, tying... it's Uncanny 109. So. <laughs> I guess kind of the seeds are planted for what would eventually turn into like Weapon X and stuff, but I don't know. Seemed an odd choice. And then we get a straight essay page with a little Alan Davis kind of corner shot. Right. Which... Um, it's weird because uh, Toby Whitehouse is the creator of, um, is it Being Human? Yes, Being Human. Um, which is a show that was massive here and I think there was an American version of it. And obviously he wrote some um, Doctor Who and stuff. So when I saw his name, I was like, ah, weird. I don't think he's ever written anything for Marvel, but I don't know. <laughs> when did y'all think in the uh, She-Hulk page? Loved it. I loved it. Yeah, I thought it was great. That was a also, nice way to kind of address the elephant in the room of still calling her She-Hulk. Um, it, was, it was a nice kind of way of, of, and kind of empowering that a little bit. I thought it was great. Yep, and well, anytime uh, you can have Anka drawing like uh, any, anything, anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, d- I do like the fact that Anka has managed to do what no one else who is drawing at the moment has done, which is use the bulk and still make her look like a right to reasonable, do both. right? Yeah, she can be she she looks like the Hulk but with her head. Yeah, just, right. No. <laughs> I feel like the two choices have been like either. It's kind of tall, sexy She-Hulk, or what we have in the current Avengers book, which is just like monster She-Hulk. And this one kind of splits the difference, right? It's like she's definitely hulked out, but she still has like humanity and dignity. And right. So I yeah, I felt for Anchor and Warhol um, She-Hulk book. Right. Yeah. Now. Totally. Sure, I would totally. do that. Yeah. I know it's kind of dumb and the lesson's kind of obvious, but I kind of enjoyed the Iron Man Doctor Doom story. Um, just the idea that, like, Doctor Doom wins, but he really loses because he's lonely. Uh, <laughs> that, that was funny. Yeah, it was fun. It was a good, like, not not a standout, like, amazing page, which is like, oh, yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. Um, and then I really enjoyed, for what it was, just a one-page little kind of kind of story, I actually quite enjoyed the storm page by Ewing and Bartel. Oh my god! Because wasn't um, Bartel supposed to be do? Wasn't there that rumor that Bartel and Coates were going to do storm? No, I didn't. I didn't hear yeah. that. That was uh, uh, I don't know if it was a rumor or just kind of a if we put this enough on Twitter, it'll happen <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> I, but um, I think something she does, and I just. Once again, I find myself just looking at the beautiful art of that bottom panel. Sure. Like, detail of the water as well. It's just, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, Bartel is, is great. I think she won the Eisner this year for, if it wasn't covers, then maybe it was colors. I don't, I don't remember, but uh, she's great. Yeah, I like her a lot. I enjoyed seeing some actual sequential art from Tedesco on that Spider-Man page. Yeah, that was great. I, I thought this is another standout uh, page. Yep. I agree. Uh, Who is Brad Meltzer? That name sounds familiar to me. Oh, uh, oh. Identity Crisis. Yes, he, he did that. Which I don't mm. mind, but everyone else No, did. I actually... You, you want to hear something shocking, Dan? 
And that got me back. That's the series that got me back into DC Comics. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Literally, after that, I was like, I'll totally read uh, DC now. Right. Um, And apparently I'm wrong. Yeah, (laughs) apparently. Apparently. We can be wrong together. That's fine. Um, So our next Wolverine mention is the uh, Spider-Man Wolverine from 87, which really just is almost a a recapture of some of the panels from that book. so there's that. <laughs> uh, yeah, forgettable. <laughs> yeah. Um trying to see what else. And then we have the see so Georgie, I don't remember if it was so if we already said this on the recording, then I'm sorry to the listeners, but I think we talked about before the recording. We talked about how like life fell the X Force page was, but I actually thought it was pretty tame. I felt very much like his current was it major X book? Oh, uh, okay. I can see that. Yeah. Gotcha. It's- yeah, all the the bad like the mouth, teeth grinning, weird face right. all over this again, and it just uh, I, 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 I I would have been happy if it wasn't included. Like this this is the page they're like X Men, the most important page we need included here. Cable, definitely. It's like oh, really <laughs> okay. I was gonna yeah. ask, what on earth is that gun that he's holding? It's like to put two tubes together. It that, is exactly. It's a, it's a water gun. That's exactly, <laughs> how, that's exactly how um he draws all guns. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, just giant yeah, super I, soakers. I was really surprised. <laughs> I was really surprised at Eric Larson's art because I was kind of like, I'm sure he used to draw. Well, oh, and this is one know. is this is mostly what Savage Dragon looks like these days. So it's oh kind of a a comic strip version of his art, right? This may be a little more in that direction intentionally because it's kind of silly. Yes, like yeah. Just the, the, but his art now, though, is definitely more... He's kind of, he's leaned into his style over the years, which, you know, either like it or you don't, but um, he's definitely kind of owned it. So, um, Then we have a Punisher Wolverine story called Bloodbath by Jason Aaron and Gorn Parlov. Um, I thought it was funny. I mean, I kind of enjoyed it. You know, the, the Wolverine's going to send the Punisher some bath, salt, or bath bombs. Um, not bath salts. That's, that's, a diff- that's a different story that probably Rosenberg would write. Right. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, so I actually kind of enjoyed the art, kind of the ugly Wolverine and Punisher there. It kind of worked for me. Um, we have kind of a dark Spider-Man story. <laughs> then a kind of, uh, sure, why not, a Hickman apocalypse story. I really like this page. I enjoyed Weaver's art a lot. Um I think I kept trying to look for the connection to like the main story. I don't think there really is one. So <laughs> no, <laughs> I just like, oh yeah, he can write apocalypse really well, and it's just apocalypse ruminating right. on like his past. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And the Hickman art's great. I'm oh, sorry, Hickman. The Weaver art is great. Mm-hmm. Um, then I uh, I also enjoyed that next Captain America page. I really like kind of the layout of like the different scenes and the red stripes of the flag. It was pretty mm-hmm. cool. Um, I do like Gleason. I have yes. Shot that. Oh, yes. Yeah. Beautiful. You should read his Batman and, and Robin. Oh. Highly, oh yeah. highly recommend that book. Um, I don't know if I have it. We'll buy it. It's fine. I've got <laughs> I can get it for you. <laughs> Yay, present. <laughs> I love on the, the next one uh, by Gail Simone that uh, he steals the bat boat and he calls cable pouches. I thought that was fun. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, Simone and Baldion together is just 
wonderful. Right. Um, I kind of enjoyed the art on the Daredevil one. I don't really know. I mean, I think we've kind of seen that before. The oh, I'm not the man without fear. I I use my fear. Um, it was nice to see like that Marvel Knights because Daredevil was like front and center of that whole Marvel Knights. Right, Knight. right, right. Mm-hmm. Nice to see um, um, that art again. It's like the main. Yeah. Sure. Then we get a uh, X Men by Salvador Rocha, which basically looks like a bunch of extreme X Men design work. Um, I think mm-hmm. that was. Rogue and Bishop's costumes and uh, Sage from that series. Um, I didn't even have to look at the creative team when I looked at this picture. And this is by Claremont, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, they, have a random, they, didn't mark, they didn't mark Claremont starting in X-Men. They marked him returning. That was the important part. It was right, like... Right. Returning when he wasn't good anymore. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Thank you. That, All I have to say, there must be a great fab on ah, Gambit's hair there. It's just blown back with some beauty. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. He, he was going to the set of a Creed music video. Um, <laughs> you know, around this time would have been nice to mark, like, oh, here's uh, Morrison writing X-Men. Nope. No, nope. we're not allowed to talk, say his name in Marvel's halls anymore. Good <laughs> <laughs> day. What did y'all think of the Jessica Jones page? I really I, enjoyed seeing I, the regular artist there i'm a massive fan of the artwork like i've literally talked to him he's lovely um nice nice have y'all been reading as a visible woman at all yes because of the art because (laughs) of the artwork and i also want to point out this is kareem abdul jabbar writing which is i like how he has made the transition like he writes a lot now a lot of like essays but i like he's sort of really fully transitioned away from uh, athlete into like an intellectual and someone who has ideas about society and is is like really changed his whole life into being something for the benefit of mankind. So I just appreciate nice. having him on here. Yeah, that's I'll cool. Find this creative team on Jessica. I know that I just want to watch Jessica Jones. Sure. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, then we have a good old Thompson. Speaking of Jessica Jones, uh, the normal Jessica Jones writer right now, and then uh, Pepe Larraz from the books we've just talked about, doing a Bloodstone page. I love that Jeff the uh, Land Shark showed up. Yep. Yep. It's gorgeous heart as well. Yeah, yes. I love it. it Again, I'd, I'd I'd read I'd read this creative team doing uh, justice to uh, Bloodstone because she's not really. Been in much since um, Agents of Hate, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did y'all think of the uh, the anime X Men page? Right. So all I remember when I see this artist is Chuck Austin's run on X Men. Yes. Mm, that's unfortunate. And <laughs> however much I try to like it, I think his art was better back then. And I'm just like, I would disagree. Really? I would say the artwork here is better because I went through it recently. It is not good. Oh, right. It feels very like awful 90s super jagged pointy outrageous stuff that doesn't work for me at least then i must go back but it's weird yet again that the x-men milestone is just uh, you can tell it's Sibulski in charge because it's a um a manga artist draws x-men when it's yeah. not like right right joss whedon on x-men or like a defining run of any kind no <laughs> and, and just... the guy uh, and i'll lean on you georgie from your time in japan but uh 
he uh, Asamiya, like his name doesn't even matter to this page. It might as well just say Manga X Men, two thousand three. Yeah, I don't think he's hugely known outside of Japan or outside of like manga uh, aficionados. Like right. he's he's kind of a his style is very uh, like everyone really understands his style, but. Even so, I'm not really a fan of his artwork, so I was like, really? <laughs> this is what we're doing. All right. That's funny. But then we get a great reunion. Uh, the creative team of Taylor and Cabal back to Laura and Gabby. Now, that was a fun little page. Might have been my favorite page because it, it, the way Taylor has linked it to the world outside your window and having Gabby say it was quite, just quite lovely and poetic and right. as far as quote, sweet. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, let's see what else we got. We got Chung back on Young Avengers. Um, it was nice that they completely forgot any content. They did a Claremont and completely forgot any real continuity. (laughs) (laughs) But it was nice to see because I remember Young Avengers, and it was this this is a page very nostalgic when it first came out, and it was a big thing that um, Wiccan and Hulkling were front and center and everything for for, like that time. And so I was kind of like. Oh, at least they got like a mention. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> then I did enjoy the uh, the Luke Cage and Jessica Jones page that uh, Danny is in a Spider Gwen uh, hoodie. Not that yeah. really nice. Yes. <laughs> and I miss David Walker writing Luke Cage, but sure, sure. Um, then I let's see. Um, I love Miyazawa's artwork, so to see uh, you know that Hulk page was wonderful, and I like okay. like the theme there. I thought right. it was a really nice like love letter from Pack to like his fan base of Hulk, like his, yeah, yeah, his right. Hulk legacy because yeah. everyone always ignores him. He wrote Hulk for how many decades? Well, it would a seem. long time, a like, long yeah. time. Uh, it was nice to see everyone. I have to say, uh, from all the pages that I'm randomly just seeing while you're scrolling through talking. That does really stand out to me for its style. All right, um, he, very cool. It feels very different and he does unique. Mm. That stands a lot. So. Awesome. What did y'all think of the Iron Man page by uh, good old Chip Zdarsky? I like it. Yeah, yeah. that was interesting. Um, then we got, of course, J. Scott Campbell doing maybe self-parody. I'm not quite sure. Um <laughs> With the, the Mary Jane focus page, I my favorite part about that was with her being like, "Oh, gross!" with the symbiote. Um, <laughs> that was kind of fun. <laughs> and then I really like the uh, the return of Swat and Martin. I'm sorry, Martin on the Spider-Man page, and with the uh, the Vicente colors, it just it reminded me of those issues. So that was good. Sure. It brings back happy memories of Into the Spider-Verse for me, so I would look at that for days. He's meaning the Miles one just before it. Um, right. Oh, right, 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 yeah. They're talking, they're talking about that one. Oh, I see. I haven't skipped ahead, so I was... Sorry. We were oogling up. <laughs> it's a nice page. It's a lot of words, but it's a nice page. I do like um, Marcus Martin. Mm. So. Then we have a random cable page. Um, Two cables? Two cables and not nearly enough Cyclops. That's all I'm saying. I don't think there's any Cyclops. Mm. Is it just me or is his right shoulder pad grown even more there than the last time we saw him? <laughs> <Not much. laughs> 
I uh, visually really enjoyed Latour's Doctor Doom. Uh, Latour is great. Like, I don't remember the last time I read a Latour issue, uh, writing or artwork, where I was like, oh my god, I can't believe this. Like, he has been on it, man. He doesn't get enough stuff, I don't think. But remember when we read his his Silver Surfer. Or yeah. his, uh, like, like any time he shows up, like, I saw this page, it's like, oh, of course, Dr. Doom, Latour, like, all, like, crazy, gravelly artwork, love it. Can, right, so, um, I don't mind the uh, Paco Medina artwork for Deadpool, but, so, this book acknowledges the existence of Iron Man the movie, and De- Deadpool's movie, and then, like, acknowledge another movie over the page, but... Do we forget Sam Raimi's Spider-Man and X-Men and Blade from from because they're owned? I thought we were over the owned by Fox business um, in the, in, the, in this comic. It just seems right. it's another weird milestone and another probably another reason to put Deadpool in it. To be honest, yeah, I, I think that's all it was. Because the, the next page is a bizarre milestone. Yeah, Stan Lee's in a, in a movie like he is in every year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Guardians 2 came out this year. Okay. He's not yeah. even the Watcher. He's not even the Watcher. He's talking to the Watchers. He's not actually the Watcher. Right. Oh, Jason's just vanished off the off the face of the planet. It's just me and you, you and me and Well, this yeah. happens. I think you talk but, to Georgie, I can guess. Did you forget I was here? I just said it's you two. Yeah. And then that I said and Ian good. at the end. Then I said and Ian. You've been doing... You're doing, doing a good job, Ian, even though you're super nervous. Ah, ah, I'm, I'm trying. You're, you're doing good, it. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Where is I have no idea if this will end up being okay or anything or what, but I thought I may as well join if you're, if you're forcing me to read the hawks and pucks. <laughs> I'm sure you... I mean, uh, you probably enjoyed hawks and pucks, right? Yeah, um, to be honest, I'm actually quite glad that, uh, I, that uh, I don't know if it was you guys or Dan or who, but it was basically like, just keep reading it for the podcast. I'm glad because if not, I wouldn't have continued Pox and I wouldn't have been able to get past the first issue and enjoy it like I have so far. Hmm. Oh, I'm glad, I'm glad you kept going then. Yes, as am I. Thank you. <laughs> So I've messaged Jason over Twitter just to see if what's what's going on. It sounds like he says, I am here, but I'm shouting into the void. So I guess maybe we hang up is and... So where where were we? We were just talking about how dumb uh the uh the uh, the, the highlight of twenty seventeen was that Stanley appeared in a Marvel movie. Right. Right. Definite landmark that we need to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> he was only in like three movies that year. Right, yeah. All right. Uh, so then we have the landmark of Silver Surfer rejoining Galactus. That's also a really weird one. Mm-hmm. And so has nothing happened the last couple of years that's important? Is that where we're stuck? Um, no, I did really enjoy, because I'm a sucker for his art and coloring, uh, the Christian Ward page for 2019. Sure. I can see why it's beautiful. Yeah, it's it's great, and it's eternity, and I don't really know. It's still tying into that kind of. Oh, I made the mask. Here you go. Um, it's not really. I can take all. Uh, honestly, they should. 
I would love to see a version of this image with nothing but the art. Like, right. take, out, take off the title, the credits, the words, the quote-unquote uh, notable entry, and just just show me this page with just the art because it's great. Yeah, I agree. Just the artwork would have been wonderful. I think that could be said for a lot of this book. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, overall, worth it. <laughs> How much did this cost? Uh, well, yeah. So I don't think it's worth ten dollars um, by any stretch. But well, was it? Is it worth existing? I guess is that the. <laughs> I think if you took out the main storyline thread, then yeah, it's probably worth it. Yeah. Uh, I kind of, you know, I kind of hearken it the same way. I don't know if y'all, I only looked at this because Dan sent it to us, but the uh, the Monsters Unleashed, I just kind of got curious and flipped through it. Really nothing in the way of story, but a bunch of really nice, like, just monster pinups. Oh, I didn't see that, no. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe worth looking at, but I kind of think this book should have been a little more like that just kind of here's just a here's like 80 just really nice pages of art and go to town um <laughs> maybe would have been more up my alley but um overall i i, I think it was fine <laughs> yeah about, uh this um marvel 1000 it's milestones uh things have happened that are quite important right, right. Uh, it's supposed to be <laughs> Yes, yes. Where is Kamala? Yes. Right. So yeah. Kamala. There's so much they left out. Ultimate Spider-Man. Right. Yes. Right. Business. Or Ultimate Universe in general. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do. Like oh, yeah. That's there. what you meant. Sorry, Dan. You said Ultimate yeah. Spider-Man. I automatically went to Miles, but yeah. just but that was also the start of the Ultimate Universe. I forget that. In, in, um, <laughs> I like the fact that they did honor a lot of people on the in memorandum memoriam. Yeah, um, sounds nice. Yeah. Is that panel from the death of Captain Marvel, or was it drawn? I don't know, to be honest. Oh, uh, yes, it is. It is. Because I talked about the issue because Wolverine's head is in there, so I covered it on the podcast. Of <laughs> 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 course, of course. <laughs> Because that's how I roll. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta hit all those buttons, cover every base, right. every appearance. So that what any anyone with claws, Jason has to be on it. I am nothing without my completism. It's <laughs> like there's like a page of like Spider-Man, like 712 of like a little kid who's got like a knife and a fork and a spoon pretending to be Wolverine, <laughs> and Jason's like, "Yep, gotta cover this one." I, I think I did. <laughs> 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 oh goodness! Oh, you guys are gonna kill me. Yeah, yeah, I'll live. Um, so anyway, that was Marvel Comics a thousand. I don't know if it really warrants uh, a rating necessarily, no. but just wanted it's to. Worth, it's worth flipping through for the different artwork, and every once in a while reading a page. But otherwise, right. like, don't spend too much time on this thing, and don't spend too much money on it. Wait for yeah. it. You know, I think that's because it is nuts. It's literally Marvel one hundred. <laughs> what? My notes say Marvel 100. I tell you. Oh, okay. Like, oh. okay. <laughs> well, um, it's basically 100 pages of of artwork. I do feel like it's revisionist history, but um, other than that, <laughs> um, 
Definitely some uh, weird milestones for sure. Yep. Uh, I'm surprised it's not a page of um, what's his name White having like taken over the X office. Wasn't that a lot? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, they could have had 2018. Um, what's his name? The Blob becomes a sex symbol. You know, that's, uh, right. that's a milestone. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna do our. Uh, you know, they had those negative one issues a while, but like years and years ago. Right. We're going to do a Marvel Comics negative 1,000 and get, pick out pages to highlight the worst thing that happened in comics every year. <laughs> oh, man. 2018 is going to be hard to pick just one. Right? <laughs> some, of them, some of them actually overlap with Marvel 1,000. So kind of <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, goodness gracious. Thank you guys for indulging me on that a little bit. I thought it would be fun to talk through, so I appreciate it. I mean, to um, be fair, there are like five to eight really great pages in yeah. that book. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It was fun as well. Even if I didn't read any of it, I got to the season. <laughs> it's just a questionable art. <laughs> Sorry, right. For sure. <laughs> you don't need the word. The word's been nothing. <laughs> right. Dad, it's printed on comic books. Yeah, it's just about the art. Blasphemy. <laughs> All right. Well, awesome. Thank you, Ian, for joining us this time. Um, I'll, I'll take this as a commitment to join us every time now. Um, <laughs> just, j- just kidding, you're, but you're always welcome to. Um, had a uh, lot of fun. Give me a message or let Dan know. I'll jump up as long as I don't have anything else I need to do. There we go. Hey, that's all I can ask for. If we're if, just be your last resort podcast destination. That's that's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put that. I'm gonna. I, I need that to be an iTunes review. The podcast of Ghost Nick is my last resort podcast destination. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So, guys, where can people find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at uh, ssj bakura. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That is that's you. Uh, and I think that's pretty much it for me. You should follow him on Instagram because he builds gunpla models. Oh, gun I will definitely models. do that. I just started my Insta, so yeah, I will. I will is it the same uh, ID on Insta? I believe so. We have to double check. <laughs> I think it's no, it's Bakura builds on Instagram, isn't it? I don't. We don't know. So. <laughs> Well, see, now you have to come on at least one more time to clarify that on the next episode. Well, I, I found you. I found you. <laughs> he's, he's Instagram friends with you quicker than he's Instagram friends with me. Damn you, Georgie. Damn you. Clearly, I'm just better than you. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're, is... we're just prepping until we can upgrade to Ian and like leave Dan by the curb. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, SSJ Bacoma, yeah, it's the, it's the same for Instagram as it is Twitter. There he is. Awesome. Yeah. It's, it's domestic spice. That's what that's what that's what he brings to the table. It is, it is House of X. So right. The domestic episodes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And what about otherwise? You can find us on Excalibros One on Twitter. We don't have an uh, Excalibros uh, in Instagram. I don't think that's really necessary. Uh, but uh, what's what's our website, Dan? Um, it's um, Podbean, much like Snickcast, um, it, but it's uh, podbean.com forward slash Excalibros or Excalibros on Google, and we're there at the top now forever and ever and ever. So that's great. Right. So never wait to be mortal until the algorithm says we're not. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
Right. We'll never be um, forgotten, Dan. Yep. Yeah, as long as long as Nimrod keeps you up at the top, you're good. Mm. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and of course for the podcast that goes snicked, uh, you can like the Facebook page. Twitter is at snickcast, and just thanks again. Uh, to Georgie, Dan, and Ian for coming on and making a great episode. Um, sorry we had a little snafu there towards the end, but appreciate y'all y'all coming on and making this fun. No problem. There's lot, lots of fun. We're always happy to be here, even if you are still here. We'll, we'll still right. come on. <laughs> yep. Even if. It was a blast. Thank you for having me. It was very enjoyable. All right. Very good. Well, until next time, everybody, hugs and snicks. Bye-bye. Later. Bye. Bye. And snacked.